Uh, so Genesis chapter 50, um, <coughs> beginning with verse 15, reading to the end of the chapter, I hear the word of God. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, His father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, Please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sins because they did evil to you. And now, please forgive the transgressions of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear, I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So Joseph remained in Egypt, he and his father's house. Joseph lived 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation. The children also of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were counted as Joseph's own. And Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die, but God will visit you and will bring you up out of this land, to the land that he swore to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. And Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old. They embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Uh, in Malcolm Gladwell's book Outliers which I haven't read uh, he, he supposedly uh, he supposedly tells the story of a number of, of successes um, extreme successes like Bill Gates and, and others like this um, and, uh, uh, and one of the things that he points out is that it's not just ability that ends up bringing about those great successes he does point out their, their ability in it there's this kind of 10,000 hour principal things, but much more than just the, the ability uh, with circumstances and opportunity from, from uh, opportunities that they had from the, when they were young to a particular time and place that they were at that, man, any, that, that, that it was particularly not just their ability but the place and time that they found themselves um, that brought this great success, not just ability um, but circumstances, or, or essentially along the lines of um, it, you have to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, uh, and be ready then to really find this success. Joseph that we read about uh, in this passage, and if you look at the whole of, of, of the chapters before on this account, Joseph has an impressive character. Um, you read through it and you don't see the kind of things we've seen in the other um, patriarchs of, oh no, they shouldn't have done that. You're, you're impressed with what he goes through and how he handles it. He's got an impressive character and, and also an impressive success. Um, you might not be able to pick up on it from just this passage, but Joseph ends up, though he was uh, a slave and though he was then a prisoner, uh, he rises from being a prisoner to second in command over the Egyptian uh, empire, which becomes one of the greatest uh, empires of the region uh, at the time. 
had an incredible uh, success. Is that the, the right place at the right time, uh, maybe you would say. But I want you to see and look at the passage that Joseph had a very different conception of the right place. Um, you see it in how he answers uh, his brothers in verse 19. He says, am I in the place of God? A different concern for, for right place, a different way of talking about it. Am I in the place of uh, of God, because it's, it's a rhetorical question. He's saying, absolutely not. Even, even of course not. I can't be God. I can't step into uh, that place. Um, though I think sometimes we, we would like to be able to take that place and control the universe so that it works out well. And oh my goodness, my exams were canceled. <laughs> it's good. They're postponed until next year. Everyone gets an A. You know. That sounds great. We want to kind of control our circumstances, step into that place. Or, or sometimes it's, it's not even just that, that we, we kind of want to give that place to, to others. Um, someone that we think will, will take care of us or some situation so we don't get in trouble with it, we will serve them. We will make different idols that we hope will, will bless us in this. But Joseph says, am I in the place of God? Absolutely not. Of course not. Right place. About being in the right place. As, as we go through this, I want you to ask yourself, am I in the right place? Right, you wonder that sometimes about other things. Am I in the right place, and, and am I in the place of God? Look at that the way Joseph does. Uh, so first, as we're, as we're going through that, to look at it this way, um, first point, experiencing good. Right? You see the way Joseph answers his brothers. Uh, he says that, that God... Meant it for good. These circumstances that Joseph went through, God meant for, for good. Right? Experiencing good. When we think about being at the right place at the right time, what we think about is, is getting the goods, right? When things work out uh, in our favor. We think of success or blessing or benefit or prosperity. If you're in the, in the right place, that's what's going to happen. Like you're walking down the sidewalk and then like a, uh, a bill kind of like blows into your feet and you look down, it's a $100 bill. And you look up, and there's like no one there. It's just been dropped somewhere, and there's no one to give it back to you or something. Man, I was in the right place. This, this worked out well for me. Uh, I would have looked at it as winning the lottery or, or stories like Bill Gates or, or Mark Zuckerberg who are creating Facebook at the right time to be in the right place and now be the owner of uh, however many millions of billions of dollar company and all this kind of stuff, right? Um, some of you maybe were in the right place at the right time uh, today. At least saw Kaylee and Caleb on uh, Atlanta's Dream between one and three. If you were there for the President's Ice Cream Social at the right place, walked through, got myself some chocolate peanut butter ice cream for free, a little cup of Coke. It's wonderful. Thank you, uh, thank you, President Darren. Um, this is how we look at it. We want to experience good circumstances. Right, we want to ex experience uh, of good. We hope that God will, will bless us. All right, but again, Joseph had a different view of, uh, of circumstances. Um, and the circum uh, his, his view of, of good is a little bit different. It's not just kind of a self-centered, self-focused, did I get something good out of this? Um, he says, uh, that God meant it for good. God meant the circumstances that Joseph went through for, for good. And not just for himself, that he's like second in power in Egypt, but he goes on to say, um, uh, for the um, that many should be, that many people should be kept alive uh, as they are today. I'll explain that a little bit more. Um, 
that this good by God was that many people should be kept alive, and Joseph was the linchpin, historically, uh, for that to happen, and by God's providence of the circumstances. Um, I'll go back to a, to a dream of Pharaoh. Now, Joseph was in, in prison. He was in the king's prison, Pharaoh's uh, prison at the time. And uh, Pharaoh had a dream that really troubled him. He dreamed about seven really plump, healthy cows. Dreamed that sometime? Like, look at those healthy, plump cows. Look delicious. And then, in his dream, there were seven other cows. But these cows were like thin and really, really ragged looking. You're like, man, no one's been feeding those cows. They don't look so good. And then what happened is the seven thin, ugly cows devoured the fat, healthy cows. But after they ate them, they didn't look any, <coughs> um, any healthier for eating the other cows. And really weird dream, another dream kind of like it. Uh, and Pharaoh uh, does not know what to do with the dream. <coughs> well, one of his uh, servants tells him he had an experience with Joseph in, in prison, and that Joseph was able to interpret the dream. So Joseph comes and says, you know what? God is the one who gives dreams and gives their interpretation. And uh, I'll pray and ask God to you know, tell me your dream, and I'll, uh, if he'll reveal it to me, show me that interpretation. And he does. He says, this is what it means. It means that there are seven good years coming. But then after the seven years of great harvest and bountiful, uh, bountiful supply, there's going to be seven years of famine, uh, of extreme famine. And so you should find one that can prepare you for this time uh, that, that, that God's revealing is going to come through the land. So what Pharaoh does, it's like, man, no one else could, uh, could explain the dream to me or know what to do with it, but this guy does. So guess what, Joseph? You're responsible for it, all right? This is what it means. Uh, you set it up for me. You make sure uh, this happens. Tell us what to do. You're second in command over my, um, over my empire, only under me, that this would happen. Um, and what Joseph does is he goes and he says, all right, what we're going to do is over these seven good, healthy years, we're, gonna, we're not going to eat it all. We're going to store up a lot of that, uh, a lot of that harvest. We're going to continue to store up the grain over seven years. That's what they do. All the people that are pharaohs responsible for, and they store up that grain, they store up that grain one year after another to have seven years uh, of that extra supply stored up. And then famine comes. <coughs> First year, okay, it's a little bit hard, but guess what? They had some grain, people are all right. But the surrounding areas start to be affected by that famine, too. They go, man, we didn't know this was coming. We don't have anything stored up. We don't have any food, but we hear there's some in Egypt. They would go, and they'd bring things, and they'd sell them to Egypt in return for food. Right. Um, next year, famine again. That's what's happened two years in a row. So they're coming, and they're selling their stuff to Egypt again. Uh, for grain. And it keeps going like this uh, until they don't have anything left. Um, and if you flip back to uh, chapter 47, um, uh, they, uh, uh, verse 18, it says, when, the, when that year ended, they came to the following year and said to him, we will not hide from, our, from our, my Lord that our money is all spent. The herds of livestock are my Lord's. There's nothing left in the sight of my, our, my Lord but our bodies and our land. But why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land uh, for food, and we with our land will be servants to Pharaoh, and give us seed that we may live and not die, and that the land may not be desolate. <laughs> That's what they do. You, you pick up on that? 
And so all the surrounding peoples are, are coming. They've already sold everything that they own to Egypt. And they said, you still have food and we don't. Guess what? You own our lands now and we're your servants. Just give us some food. This is how Egypt rises to uh, the great power at the time on the area and through God's province and through Joseph's administration of it. Um, part of the good that God brought about uh, through having Joseph in these circumstances and how his success came, but it wasn't just uh, Joseph, his family, Jacob and his 12, 12 sons of, of Israel, 11, Joseph, um, uh, also didn't have food. And they came and they sent to Egypt where they met Joseph. Uh, their brother, and over uh, several back and forth of events that are that are great to, to read about and come to attention that's, that's resolved there. Um, the whole Jacob and all of his family moved to Egypt, are given land in Egypt, not made slaves. Uh, they're given land in Egypt where they're the uh, sheep herders. They're blessed. Uh, Jacob comes blessing Pharaoh. When Jacob dies, uh, the Egyptians are honoring him as a king, mourning him for. I guess it's like 70 days or something, and then taking him to be buried back in the land of Canaan. Um, but God's covenant line, where this his promise is going through his people, he provides for. He provides for through the famine, uh, through Egypt, through Joseph, uh, that his promise was continued. And for the people of God, as he promises to Jacob that they will expand into a great nation while they're in uh, Egypt. If you don't know, this passage is setting up for you a lot uh, the next chapter of the Bible in, in Exodus. <laughs> um, so, uh, it's awesome what God does in history, kind of overruling it all, blessing the nations and blessing his people, that it brought about good uh, for many people being kept alive. Um, and it brought about good for Joseph. Uh, and his success. And we look at some of those kind of things and we say, man, that's the right place. Uh, that's where I want to be. I want to be used uh, for others. I want to have that kind of position myself. And we long for that. We look at place as being the place of experiencing good. Like I say, Joseph has a, another uh, view of it. Uh, we may think that, that this part of the, his experience sounds really good, uh, but we wouldn't really like to have been in Joseph's place a little bit earlier uh, in the story. Um, so the second point is experiencing evil. You see what he says to his brothers, you meant evil against me. So though God meant it for good, your intentions against me, you did evil uh, against me. Experiencing evil. But for most of us, that's like where we draw the line. Right? Um, we're friends, the stuff we you know, get through, okay. Accidents happen, we get over that, but when you meant evil against me, I know, yeah, we're not rooming together next year. No, yeah, it's been great, I know, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I found someone else. It was a better deal over there, even though it was more expensive, but that's been great, right? <laughs> that's when, uh, when relationships end, that's when we say, we're getting out of this circumstances. No, this is not okay. This is not something that I'll, uh, that I'll put up with. This is, I, I will do whatever I have to do, jogging for position, change things, uh, change things around. <coughs> um, when we're experiencing evil, that's what we don't want. The last thing we want is to be in what feels like the wrong place at the wrong time uh, and experience evil. And for Joseph, the, the, the core, the, the, the origin of this experience in evil is it's from his own brother. 
uh, from, from the married brother to the father, they're the ones uh, that start this whole thing. Um, Joseph's experience, which, which uh, Joseph experiences evil, and I think we could say it's evil that, that must have been um, even emotionally excruciating, uh, with years and years of pain along with it. Now, this also starts with a dream. Uh, if you go back to Genesis, uh, Genesis 37, Joseph had a dream. He has a, has a dream of, of that they're out in the, the field, they've been gathering these sheaves, and now, but, but Joseph's uh, sheave of grain stands up straight. And the other sheaves around it all bow down to, to his sheaves. And he tells his family about that. Like, yeah, we don't like that that much. <laughs> and then uh, he had another dream, and the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were all bowing down to Joseph. If you have dreams, like I tell you, about this, these are the dreams uh, that he has. And his, his, his father says, you, you're saying that, my, that your father and your mother and your brothers will be bowing down to you. He, kind of, he says that, Abraham, uh, that Jacob rebukes him for that, but he keeps the matter uh, in mind. Um, and you see part of, one of the places of the fulfillment of that dream here. His brothers are before him. What do they do? They bow down before him. For your servants. It's already happened a few times earlier if you, you follow through uh, the story. <coughs> but the, his brothers hear this dream. They don't like Joseph. Joseph has the multicolored coat uh, from, his, uh, from his father. Um, and uh, he's kind of the favored son. So what they do is say, let's kill him. Actually, Jacob sends Joseph out to his, uh, his brothers in the field to go find them, uh, take care of them, figure out what they need to bring supplies to them. They see him coming from a ways off, and they say, there comes our bro- brother Joseph. Let's kill him. Kill him, throw him in the pit. Um, uh, Reuben's like, well, maybe, maybe instead of killing him, we can make a little money off him. Um, so and instead, they, they, throw him, they throw him in a pit. They see some slave traders uh, coming, and they say, yeah, sure, okay. Uh, so they sell, sell their own brother uh, into slavery, and that's what takes him to Egypt. First part of I mean, when you're Joseph, and you're, you're, you come out to help your brothers, and they've, like, thrown you in a pit, and then you're watching them sell you to whoever, and then that cart's driving away, like... I don't know how emotionally he came out. It doesn't tell us like, what all went through Joseph. Uh, but that's experiencing evil, evil at the hand of his brothers, to continue to stay uh, with him uh, for a time. Where does it take him? Well, it takes him to uh, uh, Potiphar's house, we're told in the later chapters of it. Um, and for a little while, things go fairly well for him in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar puts him over uh, administrating the whole of his affairs, and Joseph does a great job, and Potiphar's benefiting from that. And uh, Potiphar's married, and his wife says, Joseph's a hottie. Um, and hey, he's around. He's one of my uh, husband's slaves, and no one else is around. And so she keeps saying to him, Why with me? She keeps trying to seduce him, finding him and saying, Come, come lie with me. And he continues to refuse. Um, and because of that, one time when it's just the two of them there, uh, she tries to grab him, and he runs off, but she holds on to his cloak, uh, leaves it behind. And then she's like, Oh, no, now I look really bad. She says, no, I don't. <laughs> rave, rave, right? She, she calls out. She says, that slave of, of my husband tried to, tried to come after me. He tried to rape me. And it all falls on Joseph. And that's how Joseph gets thrown in prison. Rave. 
experiencing evil from he all he's doing is, is helping his master like helping that household not serving in it um but but no it's because he did because he tried to do what was right and good that he gets thrown into prison he's in prison god's with him there he kind of has given some roles within the prison and things and there's these two servants of, of pharaoh the uh, uh pharaoh's cup holder and his baker and they both have dreams and Joseph says, okay, well, tell me the dreams, and maybe God's the one who gives dreams. Maybe I can explain it to you. And he says, um, uh, one of them ends up going bad for him uh, and is killed, but the other one is, is restored to Pharaoh. And he, he says to him, only when you get back to Pharaoh, this is what's going to happen, and when, when Pharaoh restores you to your position, remember me and speak to me, about, speak to, me to Pharaoh that I could get out of prison. The guy gets out, it all happens according to the dream, and then he forgets about Joseph. For two years. Here's Joseph. He's just trying to do good. He's just trying to help other people. He's to help, come to help his brothers. He's thrown into slavery. He helps out of his household. Uh, refuses to sleep with Potiphar's wife. I and mean, he just slept with her. Probably would have gone fine for him, you'd think, circumstantially for a little while. Uh, but he refuses that and he gets thrown into prison. Uh, he helps the other prisoners there and he just gets left there, forgotten, rejected, experiencing evil uh, until God works other things uh, out of him. Years of experience in evil, even the residual effect of going through all of that thinking, my brothers rejected me. Um, they started off hating me and threw me into this. Um, why does this keep happening to me? The, the question kept in your head, like, what's wrong with me about this, that I keep experiencing this evil? Right? The, the place that we don't want to be in is the place of, of experiencing uh, evil. How do you respond when you're, when you're experiencing evil, right? How do I get out of this place? Some of us try to take things into our control, um, that we're going to put everything in their rightful place, we're going to put certain people in their rightful place, which means that we're not experiencing the hurt from that, but we're uh, on top. Others kind of uh, sell out. We'll look at that a little bit more. See, that's what Joseph's brothers are doing, fearing evil. They're kind of putting Joseph in that place. Um, but we want to experience good, not evil. Joseph experiences both, uh, the good uh, and the evil uh, together. But he stays in the right place through it all. Uh, so we come to the third point. Not a, it's a good place in just experiencing good. It's not just experiencing evil. Um, but thirdly, expressing faith. Um, this is what Joseph says as his brothers come to him. The first thing, do not fear. Am I in a place of God? He goes on to say, I'll provide for you and, and for your little ones. Uh, throughout all the circumstances, Joseph remained uh, in the right place. He trusted God through the evil injustices, uh, remained faithful to God, and continued to help others and provide for them despite the things that they've done. Uh, when his brothers come to him, when he's, uh, um, they, don't, they don't recognize him when they come, but he recognizes them, and, uh, and he still provides for them. A few tests that he puts on the way to see if they've changed uh, their behavior, um, but he continues to show, to show good. He continues to remain faithful to God despite the, despite the circumstances um, that he goes through. Um, and it's, it's because he stayed in the right place um, that, that others are in a much better place. Right? The other people didn't die of starvation, that it wasn't that all the surrounding peoples of the land were wiped out by a seven-year famine. 
because Joseph remained faithful to God in these circumstances that were evil upon evil until God brought him into the position where he uh, used him for this good. It's really difficult to trust in God's higher uh, and greater and better and unseen plan, uh, which is what Joseph was doing. Um, That's why it's, it's, it's by faith and not by sight. Um, what Joseph kept in mind was that he wasn't in the place of God to control his circumstances. Uh, but God was, and his role was to remain faithful. Now, Joseph's brothers have kind of the opposite uh, re- reaction, the opposite stance. Um, they're ready to put Joseph in the place of God. That's kind of why he answers them this way, right in mind, the place of God, because this is the way that they're coming to him. Um, on, that their father died and they're afraid because they know they did evil against Joseph and they've been really glad so far that he hasn't killed them all. He's brought them in along with his father but they knew his respect and his love for his father and now uh, dear old dad's passed away maybe it's time for the wrath of our older brother to finally come out against us and we don't have anyone to, to plead against. That's what they're afraid of. Right? So they say, well, what are we going to do here? We've got to control the situation. We've got we to step in. We've got to change things. It's not faithfulness to God. They, uh, they fabricate a false message. Joseph, uh, by the way, and you can tell they're, they're high. They send a message to their brother. They live in like the same area. They send a message to him to report this. They're not coming to him themselves because they're afraid of what he might do, um, even though he's given them no inclination of that. And they say, oh, right, Dad, before he died, said, make sure you tell Joseph um, to forgive brothers and so please forgive us as the servants of the God of, of our father of your father I think they do they, they make up this lie they fabricate it uh, they hide until they're sure that they're safe because Joseph uh, responds to it uh, weeping um, maybe weeping because hey after all these years my brother's doing this and me showing them compassion what they still think is that I'm just going to kill him is that how far away this relationship uh, is still at this point. But, um, and so finally they, they come to him and they ask uh, forgiveness of him and offer to serve and obey him, right? They, um, uh, 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 his brothers came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we're, we are your uh, servants. Um, and, and Joseph responds to them in this way. They're, respond, they're acting to him as if he's God and they're placing themselves under him. They're looking, he's already expressed like a relational forgiveness to, him, to them. If you, like you could read back in other chapters that he's shown that. They're still saying, let this guilt not be on, on our account in, in any way. You forgive us, you take care of us, and, and we're going to be uh, your servants. We'll put you as the one that we're, that we're under. Um, <laughs> And they're kind of giving up on, on trusting God in a lot of senses and serving Joseph to stay alive. That's how they're looking at it. Um, it you look at it, you say it's really stupid, and it, and it is. Um, and we're often not very far from that. I mean, how much does it take before, um, before we start to go, oh, actually what happened is... Someone said that you shouldn't be, we, we, like, we start to fabricate things, and, like, if I go through a light, which I've never gone through a red light before uh, in Tallahassee, but I immediately come with all these excuses of, uh, well, I, I, I was, like, it, I was looking down, and it was, you know, like, things that are my, 
It's just like total fabrication of lies because I'm afraid of what the consequences of that might be. And so I'm saying, no, I'll make up other stuff or I'll serve you as long as these. That's just in my head for a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, uh, what, what this is at core is, is idolatry, that we find things that we want, our desires we want, our, our success, our blessing, other people to like us, finding approval, finding respect, finding success. We say, that's what matters to me, that's what I give my life to. I'm afraid of that not happening, and so I'll serve this other thing that I think will give me uh, those things. Paul says it's idolatry, it's covetousness, as they express. We're trying to, to serve that. Um, it, and like, what if Joseph had, had taken the place of God? Right? Or what if someone was willing to serve you the way his brothers are? And they're, they're bowing at your feet. Like, brother, we're, we're your servants. All right. Tell, tell you how this is going to work from now on. Right? Uh, that, that's not what he, he could have been like plotting the revenge for years and had it all laid out. Here they are um, saying, we're your servants. Yeah, you better believe it. You sold me into slavery. And yes, now, now you're the slaves and you're going to do what I tell you. Or worse beyond that, it could have easily done. Um, and if he had done so, would have destroyed the covenant family. I destroyed the line through which God was bringing out uh, his promises, even the promises that would lead, uh, lead to Christ. Um, uh, but instead, as we've seen earlier in the, in, the, in the book, he forgives them and he continues uh, to show love to them and provide for them. He, he doesn't pretend, um, hey, it, y'all did evil to me. It, it's okay because it all worked out. Um, he says, am I in the place of God? Uh, you did evil to me. Uh, but God worked it out for good. Um, man, I'm not the one to take vengeance. God's the one on, on whose account these things have, have been against, and he's, he's the judge of it. The relational forgiveness is there, but they have to uh, deal with God in it. <coughs> so calls evil evil, but trusts God as, as judge. Right, Joseph is a, is a picture. He's a model of faith for the people of God. Um, Setting up uh, for Exodus and, and Exodus as the people were in uh, Egypt, uh, they're able to, to look back at this and see Joseph's trust in God's promises and how God took Joseph out of slavery and brought him to a place of blessing and promise. And here they were, slaves in Egypt, and God is bringing them out. He's a God they can trust, and it's not them creating that for themselves, but, but God's in a place of God. And there's just the role of faithful trusting. Uh, and throughout... Uh, throughout with God's people or to the, to the exile. God's pushed them out of the land because of their sin to a, to a foreign place and under a foreign people, servants and slaves them there, uh, but they continue to hold on to God's promises, uh, waiting for when God will bring uh, his people back and bring out the fullness of his promises. He's a, he's a picture to us uh, now as well and to the church. Ultimately, uh, Joseph, as we look to Joseph, Joseph points us uh, to Christ. Uh, he is a model uh, of faith that's pointing to uh, that perfect example of, of faithfulness, of righteousness, of perfect faithfulness uh, in Jesus. Um, Jesus who experienced a lot of evil, um, but God brought good out of it. Experienced both uh, uh, the, the good and the evil, as you see in, in Joseph here. He humbled himself, Scripture says, in obedience, even to the point of death on a cross. Um, in Acts 2, uh, verse 23 and 24, it says, uh, 
Uh, this is Peter preaching in Pentecost after Christ's resurrection uh, and pulling out of the Spirit. Um, Peter's explaining that he says, This Jesus was delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. Right? God was working good out of it. But he says, You crucified and killed by the hand of lawless men. And God raised him up. So points at our evil that Christ experienced. Uh, but, it's, but it's in that cross, it's in his death, that the victory over death comes, that the victory over our guilt and evil uh, is, is given proof of, testimony of, uh, in Christ's resurrection, his righteousness. Uh, we sing in, in the, the hymn sometimes, um, in our place, uh, condemned he stood. Um, he sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah, what a Savior. In our place condemned he stood. Our hope is not that we would take the place of God. Our hope is that God has taken our place for us. Am I in the right place? Am I in the place of God? If you're asking yourself that. Um, The answer is, of course not. Of course you're not in the place of God. Only, Only God is. Am I in the right place? I just tell them if you look very close, my the answer is, of course not. Um, I'm looking for other ways. Where there's a lot of ways where I'm not trusting God. Other things that we're we're putting there. Um, we can't uh, we can't be God, but we often try to be, or we often sell out to others. We create in our mind this is the situation that has to happen, and if it doesn't happen, <sighs> things aren't going to go well for the people around me. Um, we make plans of, of bitterness or revenge or what's going to happen or ending relationships or, or we think here's the success and the prosperity that I have to achieve and it's all on me to do it. And we start to put ourselves in the place of God. Or when things that we don't like start happening to us, we go, no way I'm putting up with this. Um, when faithfulness means hurt and pain, it's not really the choice that I want, I want to make. Um, but the right place is under God, uh, trusting Him in Christ, uh, expressing faith, even in evil circumstances, um, recognizing that evil, even from evil circumstances, God is bringing out good, not only for us, uh, but for others. And it gives us the freedom uh, in Christ to walk forward, uh, to walk forward through hurt, where your brothers sell you into slavery. Uh, to walk through disappointment and discouragement and pain and still be forgiving to others. Um, not repaying evil with evil, as Scripture says, or repaying evil with, with good. Uh, because that's how Christ has treated us. Um, even, even losing our place, Losing the good when we think this is, this is our place. Um, should it even mean like false accusations unrighteously against us, like Potiphar's wife, or him thrown into prison? Um, our place gets to be with Christ. Uh, that, is, that is our hope. Um, it's not about our ability uh, to succeed. Uh, success, even, is not about our ability. It's all about being in the right place. Um, under God through Christ. And so conclude with these words uh, from uh, the end of Romans 11. Paul's marveling 
uh, God's wisdom as God works these things out. He says, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who's known the mind of the Lord? Or who's been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he should be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen.